the Arizona Coyotes pulled out a surprise upset over the Las Vegas Golden Knights. We talk about that and more on tonight's episode of Locked On Coyotes. Your Locked On Coyotes, your daily podcast on the Arizona Coyotes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Locked On Coyotes. I am Carl Pavlock. Uh, I will be hosting today. Unfortunately, Robin still dealing with some family issue, issues, so she is unavailable. But I do have a special guest, uh, Haynes Evans, joining me for the first time. How are you doing today, Haynes? I'm doing well. I appreciate you letting me, uh, letting me come on the show today and talk some Kai's hockey with you. Yeah, thank you for coming on, especially on a Saturday morning. Uh, it was a good game, and uh, yeah, definitely should be fun to, to talk about. Uh, before we do get started with that, I do want to thank everyone for making the Locked On Coyotes your first listen of the day. Uh, hopefully, if you're doing some Saturday work or some chores around the house, pop it in and, and you know, listen to us talk about the Coyotes. Um, but Haynes, uh, Definitely a surprise win for the Coyotes. Uh, we had set this up on Wednesday. Did you think the Coyotes were going to win this game on Wednesday morning when we first <laughs> talked? Uh, to be honest, uh, you know, no. I mean, it, it wasn't a win that Arizona usually gets against Vegas. Grant, they've done it twice this year. And, you know, usually they come in and play a game like Vegas. And, you, well, they play only Vegas twice this year, my bad. I was thinking Marc-Andre Fleur with Chicago. But, yeah. um, you know, they, they play this team usually in the last few years. It's kind of been a washout for the Coyotes. But, you know, as of recently, this team's been real competitive against these big-name teams. We saw it against Tampa. We You know, we've seen it here now with Vegas. We've seen it against Colorado. And, you know, it was a good all-around team win. Everybody kind of, you know, battled hard in every position. Everybody was, you know, was playing well, playing smart, playing physical. And, you know, it, it was a great team win. Yeah, definitely. Uh, we have we've definitely seen the Coyotes playing different the these past couple weeks. Uh, I haven't always been the most impressed, but even in the losses to the Los Angeles Kings, it looked like a different team. And, and also, I, I do kind of want to point this out: Vegas is definitely not the team they've been in recent seasons this year. Despite the fact that they're still like top two in the Pacific Division, I I, I really think that says more about the Pacific Division than it does about the Golden Knights. <laughs> uh, and uh, the Coyotes luckily got to face off against their backup last night. Uh, who was it? Uh, Laurent uh, Brasson. Yeah, um, not exactly uh, Robin Leonard, but you know he did a pretty good job. Like the Coyotes. Definitely didn't have an easy game last night. Um, let me ask you this. We've mm -hmm. seen quite a few slow starts for the Coyotes. We saw one again last night. They failed to get anything going on like their power play. They took two really sloppy penalties to start off. It, has the second period implosion moved to a slow first period? Is that kind of what we're looking at? Or what do you think about that? Yeah, you know, we we've seen that a lot uh, as recently, like you said, we've seen um, we we you know we've seen some hot starts, but we've seen the team quickly give a goal, LA twice, and and you know back to back games there, and you know it's it's kind of a mystery at times when the Coyotes are going to implode. It sometimes seems like for the most season it's been the second period, but 
L.A. that first game a couple nights ago was a third period implode and just could not stop L.A. once they got rolling. And But, you know, like you said, it's been a lot of first period blunders for the Coyotes recently. They've really struggled to, you know, really generate anything. It seems like a lot of those first periods are going in with, you know, five to six shots a period. They're, I mean, they've allowed almost close to 20 in the first, and they're, they're only getting five to six. They're really struggling in the first period to really get the wheels turning. And luckily for them, it wasn't too bad of uh, a game by the time the second period rolled around because they this year had slowly been able to start getting things rolling later in the second. But, you know, that's a gift and a curse. You know, it's good the team is fine footing, but if you're not battling hard for all three periods, it doesn't matter how well you play in the second. Yeah, definitely. And, I mean, that's something that I've noticed every single game, pretty much. The Coyotes are going to implode at one point. Uh, Even against, like, I I like to point out that the the Coyotes seem to implode against the Buffalo Sabres at one point. But the Sabres are just so bad, they weren't able to score goals. (laughs) But, like, that lopsided shot total is is definitely a key factor in the implosion. Uh, But let me kind of go down the numbers. Uh, First period, Vegas outshoots the Coyotes 16-9. Second period, Coyotes outshoot the Golden Knights 13-12. Third period, Vegas again, 16-10. So not really what I would call an implosion. Like th- that's kind of tight. Like you know, giving up seven more goals than you, or shots than you take, definitely not ideal. But but not like the uh, the sixteen to five implosions that you talked about that we've seen yeah. before. Do do you think this team is getting better, or they just caught the right opponent on the right night? I think they're actually getting better. You know, some people may hear that and think you're crazy. They're just – it's a lucky thing. But I really think they've, you know, they've gotten more comfortable with each other. They've really, uh, you know, they've really grown and kind of uh, have gotten comfortable with uh, Torini's role, uh, new kind of system, his coaching role and all that. And, you know, that's a big thing too is this team did have to learn a whole new system, something that they weren't familiar with under Tocket. And, you know, in the last few games and, you know, the last few weeks actually, they've – really found that footing. They've really got it going, and you see them more competitive in a lot of games. They really know what they're doing out there. They seem more comfortable to play. Guys like Nick Schmaltz are benefiting from it now. Clayton Keller has really benefited from this. Lawson Krause. I mean, they they look way more sound out there. Now, granted, there's still blunders. There's still mistakes, and we have to realize this team is made up of, you know, a small group of young guys, and then it's made up of a lot of, you know, aging veterans who are on the last end of their careers, and so you're going to have those blunders. You have rookies as well, like, you know, Ilya uh, Kolchonik, and um, you have J.J. Moser and Dyson Mayo. You have guys that are going to still mess up along the way. But, you know, overall, from what I've seen and statistics have shown, this team has really, you know, really grown in the last few weeks of the season, really the last month or so in the season. They've really grown as a team, and they've embraced that new role, and, and it's showing. They've really developed that new system under them, and, you know, yeah, I think they're going to remain competitive in a lot of few, a lot of games coming up. Definitely. And, I mean, speaking to, to what you're saying, one of the things that I want to point out is uh, Nick Schmaltz, who you mentioned, uh, got two goals last night. One was an empty netter. But he has 11 goals so far on the season. Six of them have come in the month of February. Now, he was uh, sidelined for a lot of November, so I, I, I understand that that being the slow start. but what do you think is is making sh- players like Schmaltz like really step up in this latter half? Is it is it all buy-in? Is it is it comfort? Is it just a combination of everything? What do you think? 
You know, that's a great one, Lynn. I, and I really think it's kind of, you know, a little bit of a little bit of everything. I mean, like I was saying, you know, he's really bought into Torini's system. And, you know, he said it. He's been asked about it. And he says he feels more comfortable in the system. He's really buying into the system. The team's buying into the system. But I think he's really benefiting off of line mates. I mean, he's playing with Clayton Keller right now. And we've seen the season that Clayton Keller's been having. And it, that benefits a lot. Playing with a guy like Clayton Keller on your line is huge. When you have a lineup full of maybe a lot of guys who can't score, like the Kites at a time, it's great to put your guys who can score in lines together. And I think Schmaltz is really benefiting from knowing that he has that kind of, you know, that outlet in Clayton Keller. He has that outlet in Travis Boyd or in Phil Kessel or Alex Alchenyuk or Lawson Kraus. And he's, you know, he's really kind of, he's really kind of gotten comfortable in that line. But, you know, like you said, he's bought in into the, the new system. So I think it's kind of a little bit of everything. Yeah, definitely. It I I am really looking forward to seeing like, uh, Schmaltz and Keller play next season together after a full year of of Bears system. So there's not necessarily that adjustment period. You know, of course they'll probably have a new center. Uh, I mm. I believe you tweeted out that Travis Boyd seemed like a potential trade target. Yep. Um. So there'll there'll be some adjustment, but you know, definitely should be a quicker start for those two next year. Uh, all great stuff. We are going to keep talking about last night's game, but first a quick message from our friends at Built Bar. And that's, have you tried the puffs? If not, you're really missing out on one of the best tasting Built Bar flavors. Puffs are the first ever protein infused marshmallow. They're fluffy. They're marshmallowy. They're not just a protein bar. They're a treat. And they're covered in 100% real chocolate. The Puffs are a fan favorite with some incredible flavors. You got yummy cinnamony churro, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie, which is one of my favorites because I love banana cream pie. All so good. And they're covered in 100% real chocolate. What I want you to do is go to Built.com and use the promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. And we're back. Carl Pavlock talking with Haynes Evans. Uh, again, unfortunately, Robin is dealing with some personal issues. She will not be joining us until probably middle of next week. Uh, but definitely wanted to talk about last night's game. Um, big thing that I saw, Haynes, was this was the first game where we got to see Nick Ritchie. Uh, looked like he was going to play against the Kings. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. he had some visa issues. Those have been you know, worked out. What did you think of uh, of Richie's play? You, you know, he was uh, – he played a great game. I mean, he was physical. I mean, I didn't expect him to come in, you know, and, and put up a hat trick. You know, yeah. it would have been – it would have been great to see. It would have been hilarious to see it. You know, it's, it would be kind of a giant, like, aha to the Maple Leafs for, you know, moving him there. But, you know, he played a great game. You know, he was physical. He was a body presence on the ice. You know, he did what kind of – that role he's kind of developed in the last, like, year or so is – being that big body kind of guy who's physical and makes his presence known. And, and he did just that on the ice, which was good. You're playing a team like Vegas who's got some big body players. You want to, you know, set that tone early that you can play and hang with them and, you know, be physical as well. And, and I think him and the rest of the team did it really well. Yeah, definitely. I, I mean, I, I didn't expect him to come in and be a top six winger uh, right mm-hmm. away. Uh, I, I do – here, especially, um, we had James Reeves on, who also covers the Toronto Maple Leafs. He suggested that he could probably eventually slop into maybe like a, a top six, like be like a Lawson Krause type player. But, mm-hmm. you know, that definitely takes time. 
Uh, the one noticeable like mark I would have against him is he almost immediately took an interference call. Like I think his first shift in the beginning. (laughs) I was just like, "What are you doing, Richie?" Like (laughs) delivers a. I was like, "Man, that was a great start." I saw that. I was like, "Man, that's a great start to this Coyotes tenure here." Yeah, but he he seemed to kind of to turn things around from there. Uh, limited ice time. I think he just had eleven minutes, fourteen seconds, two minutes of power play time, which is you know pretty pretty good. But you know he's on a whole new line. Um, kind of expected to see a little bit of uh, time for him to to really find his feet. Uh, was there any other Coyotes player who you thought really stood out that we haven't talked about yet? You know, I thought um, I thought there were some good games all around. Scott Wedgwood, honestly, was outstanding. Um, 44 shots he faced, made 43 saves. Last three starts, he's looked great. You know, Sally couldn't pick up the win there in L.A., but he's looked amazing these last three games for the team. And, you know, he looked amazing again last night. And, you know, Shane Gosper looked great on defense. Jacob Chikrin looked very good on defense last night against Vegas. And, you know, honestly, Clayton Keller looked amazing. Clayton Keller keeps it going. It, I mean, it, is there not a night you don't hear this guy's name being mentioned for something? So there was kind of applause around for everybody. But a guy who really stood out for me was honestly Scott Wedgwood. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was I was a bit surprised to see Wedgwood get the start, especially after starting against the the Stars and the Kings. Mm-hmm. I thought they would have gone with Vimelka. Where do you think the team went with Wedgwood? Yeah, you know, I would have thought they would have gone back with Melka too. But, you know, usually and you, you see it a lot in the NHL. Goalies have those games like L.A. It's a close one. You lose a late – it's a last-minute heartbreaker there. And, you know, goalies are fired up. They're passionate about that kind of stuff. You know, they want to – when he played a great game, you can't knock that. He played great against the Kings. And, you know, a game like that and in a heartbreak there, you know, he had to be pushing to go back out there. And you know that Coach Bear had to be – you know, chomping at the bit to get back in there. I mean, you play great in batted back games, and one of them you just can't end up pulling off a last-minute win there, and you end up losing in a heartbreaker. I mean, you your goalie's fired up. He wants to get back in the crease there, and he wants to do it again. So I applaud them for giving him the net again. He showed that he was deserving of it, and, you know, we're definitely going to see Vimelka most likely, you know, upcoming game here. But I think it was a smart move to go Wedgwood here. I think he, he showcased in these last three games that he deserved to, you know, be the goalie for these last three games. Yeah, I mean, it, it's really hard to argue. Uh, I would have liked to have seen, like, a win against the Kings because I always want to see the Coyotes beat the Kings. But, <laughs> yep. uh, I, I mean, I understand why they, they put in Wedgwood for that one. He did really good against the Stars. Um, do you think they keep things going and play Wedgwood against the Winnipeg Jets on Sunday? Or do you think that one goes to Vimelka? You know, I think uh, you had to toss it there. I, I'm going to personally go Vimelka. You know, Wedgwood, like I was saying with the loss, you know, he wanted that. He felt good. He wanted to come back. And, you know, he had a great win against Vegas. And you would think you'd roll right back with him. But, you know, three straight great or three straight games for him. Played amazing in all three of them. Snagged two or three wins in those three games. And you know, after something like that, I think he deserves a rest. I mean, he he played great. You know, he's not going to be upset if they decide to roll Vimelka. It's a goalie tandem after all. You know, with no clear starter, you kind of have two backups that you're kind of bouncing around with here. And so I think Vimelka is the option to go with here. But you know. If for some reason Coach Bear decides last minute to go with Wedgwood, I mean, he's making a good call whoever he goes with. We know that 
both guys have played well against Vegas, uh, have played well this season, and we know that Melkin's played really good against Winnipeg. So it's a toss-up to see what, what ends up happening here. Yeah. Uh, I looked it up. The Coyotes have played the Winnipeg Jets twice this uh, this mm-hmm. season. Uh, both times when Melka started, uh, the first one was a 1-0 win uh, back on November 29th. Uh, next one, January 4th, was a 3-1 loss. So either way, I would say the problem or the, the aspects of those games have not been Vimelka's play. Uh, he stole a game, but the Coyotes definitely need more offense moving forward. And, and I really don't think there's a wrong call that they can make uh, with goaltending tomorrow uh, from when we're recording this. Because, you know, like you said, Wedgwood's hot right now. Um, but mm-hmm. Vimelka has historically played well against the Golden Knights. Uh, it's a, it's a tough call. I guess it really just kind of depends on on what Bears thinking and you know how the guys are doing because I, I feel like you know today and tomorrow are when that decision is going to be made, yeah. uh, not not last night uh, because yeah. But anyways, uh, all good stuff. We are going to continue this one. Talk a little bit about the Winnipeg Jets coming up, but first another quick word from our sponsors. Uh, football may be over this season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. For all the latest odds, totals, player performance props, right down to where the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds, right down to Olympic coverage and information. Head over to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about trends in action. Bet online, where the game starts. And I do want to remind everyone to check out Locked On Now after this. If you want some more coverage, head over and, and check out on Locked On Now. Uh, it's a great spot, a great podcast, uh, one of our sister shows. So definitely something to check out. And this is Carl Pavlock, joined by Haynes Evans, uh, talking about tomorrow's game against the Jets. Matinee game. Like I said, Coyotes have had uh, a mixed results against the the Jets so far. What do you think they need to do this uh, tonight to, or tomorrow to get the win? Yeah, you know, um, Winnipeg has you know they they haven't had the best seasons right now. They're currently saying. Uh, fifth or sixth in the uh, Central Division right now. They're really uh, they're struggling this season. They're not having a great year, but, you know, they still have weapons. Uh, Connor Hellebuck still looks great in goalie. Uh, Kyle Connor has got 56 points this season. He is absolutely on fire. Uh, Blake Wheeler's still getting it done at his age. And, you know, Mark Shifley, I mean, they have a list of great guys to go against. And, you know, I feel like the Coyotes and Jets in the last years has always been such an entertaining matchup to watch. It's the original franchise versus, you know, the revamped franchise. And, and it's always such a big game, and there's always so much tensions between the two. And, you know, I'm expecting a good one. You know, like you said, you know, Vimelka on the first two, a one nothing, and, you know, a 3-1 loss. I mean, they didn't look terrible in those first two games there. I mean, you can't knock Vimelka for either one. And, you know, they just couldn't get, you know, they couldn't keep Winnipeg off in the second game and, you know, get another one, nothing shut out there. But, you know, I'm expecting a good game. I'm expecting two teams that, are, you know, uh, aren't honestly Arizona not going to the playoffs? You know, Winnipeg probably not going to happen, but you know they're not out of it, out of it yet. So I'm expecting you know a uh, you know a hungry Winnipeg team coming in, but I'm expecting a Coyotes team that you know 
got a little confidence in their shoulder. They've been playing great last month or so, and I'm expecting a Coyote team that's going to come in, and, you know, they're going to battle hard as usual. They're going to hit a lot. They're going to – you might see Liam O'Brien get into a fight, probably will lose it, but I'm expecting the team to, you know, really come out there and really uh, just, you know, play like it's the Stanley Cup is what the Coyotes just got to play the game as. Just play, treat it like you're playing the finals. the only way to keep your guys motivated, especially for these next few years while you're rebuilding. Absolutely. And I mean, the Jets are a central division rival right now. So the Coyotes should treat this one like like they would play the old games against the Kings. Um, Honestly, the thing that I think the team needs to win this one is some kind of consistent offense. And and that is why I have a little bit more hope for for it now. Like the last two games, uh, like I said, one was in November, one was super early January. We already talked about how Nick Schmaltz has had like half of his goals that he scored have been this month of February. So like if they can come in with like a hot Keller, a a hot Nick Schmaltz and, and get some goals i think they have a real shot and just you know not let the melka or wedgwood whoever's in net carry the game because i don't know it's just not a recipe for success uh here here's a fun one do you think the coyotes could score a power play goal because that's been exceedingly rare they got one against the stars but i think that came after six games five or six games without one like, what do you think it needs to get their, their man advantage going? I mean, boy, you're not wrong, Ryan. Coyote's corner, I can't tell you how many times I write what went wrong was the power play. I mean, this team can't capitalize on the power play. Most games, they can't stop the team on the power play. Yeah. And it's that's been the Coyotes' issue this year. Being a man up and being a man short seems to be a hinder to the Coyotes. And, you know, like you said, they scored against Dallas. It was the first one in about, I think, six, maybe seven games. And, you know, it, you, you got to sh- – first off, you got to shoot. I mean, if you want to score, you got to move the puck around, you got to shoot. It, too many times I see this team try to get something generated. They, you know, end up turning the puck over, gets clear out of the zone, and it happens two or three times in the power play. And then before they can really get something going, the, the power play ends and, you know, goes back to even strength. And that's something that's hurt the Coyotes a lot this year is just kind of being generating – a successful puck movement around, keep it in the zone, be smart. You don't have to force anything. You can work it around. You got the two minutes to work with. And, you know, if they can do that and they can generate a couple more shots on net, really get in front, make tips. I mean, we can easily see this team score a power play goal one every three, four games. If they could, if they would shoot a little bit better, move the puck a little bit better. And, you know, I understand that they're working on that. And, you know, that's got to frustrate Coach Bear. But, you know, those are the times when you really – are not guaranteed a goal, but it's your highest chance of scoring a goal. And when the team is struggling on the man up to put one in the back of the net, that's a little concerning. Yeah. And, and it does seem to come at, like, they get these opportune power play times where they can either, mm-hmm. you know, tie things up or stop the momentum or, like, build off it. Like, mm-hmm. uh, Schmaltz scored um, – actually, no, I think it was uh, – um, Gossip Bears goal. There was a power play that came almost immediately afterwards, and they could have like really like made the Golden Knights pay, but they just couldn't do it. And when you
Haynes, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay. Sorry about that, everyone. We had some technical issues. Always fun thing for a Saturday episode. Um, but yeah, I was just saying the, um, you know, power plays, they're coming like at the opportune times, but they're just not being able to do more with them. Uh, is there is there anything else that you think the Coyotes need to do for for tomorrow's game? They need to they need to have better faceoff success. And I understand you know they don't have guys like you know they don't have Christian Dvorak anymore who's a big faceoff guy for them. And you know they are lacking some true sermon that are really good faceoff takers. But I mean this team at one point last night I think through the end of two was or maybe through the end of one was being they were they were it was twenty two to nine in faceoff wins for Vegas. This team in the last five games has been heavily blown out in the faceoff circle and win percentage. Last night they allowed they had they were forty point four percent in faceoff circle. Vegas is fifty nine point six percent in the faceoff circle. Those are key moments too. Just like the power play, when you're in the zone late in a game, like maybe say LA, and you have a last hand faceoff inside that faceoff circle, you need to win faceoffs like that. Losing the faceoff is going to get the puck cleared out of the zone. That is going to kill all the momentum, and especially if it's the last second thing, that has got to be the most beneficial part of your game is winning faceoffs. Your offense starts in generating play, starts from winning faceoffs. Yeah, definitely. And, and honestly, I think that is probably one of the biggest underlying problems for the Coyotes this year. Mm-hmm. Just one that's not talked about as much because there's so many other, like, very apparent problems with the Coyotes. <laughs> yeah. Like, you're just like, uh, you could talk about the poor special teams. You could talk about the lack of offense. You could talk about, like, any kind of, like, finishing edge. But, <laughs> but face-offs are a problem, too, and... One that's probably not going to be fixed this season. I think you really need to bring in like personnel to solve that. So it'll it'll be interesting to see what steps uh you know Bill Armstrong takes this off season to kind of fix that because you're right, it is a big issue for the Coyotes. All right, uh, that's gonna do it for everyone. Haynes, tell the people where you can be found. Point them to all your socials and where you write and talk and all that fun stuff. Yeah, so anybody that's wanting to follow me and, and listen to me talk about hockey, if you're interested in even listening to me talk about hockey, I'm on Twitter at Haynes P. Evans. Um, you can also find me on the Hockey Writers. If you go to the Central Division page to the Arizona Coyotes, you can find my work there. Click on my name. It'll take you my author, author page with all my articles. I also do uh, the Chirping Yards podcast with three other Coyotes fans with Chase, Tyler, and Grandy is great. We put out stuff all the time on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. I'm also on YouTube with the hockey writers Howlers and Growlers. Carl has been a guest on there quite a couple times. I do I that with Pat Brown. So yes, you are you're you're one of our regulars on the show. And we we appreciate it all the time. But yeah. um yeah y'all can check me out there. I'm I'm pretty active on all. Um trying to get out stuff more frequently writing basis and I try to interact and communicate with everybody through social media. So if you want to give me a Shout out. You want to say hey to me? You can always message me out on social media or you can always reach out to me elsewhere. But that's it. Thank you for letting me come on call. I really do appreciate it. Oh, yeah, definitely. Make sure you give Haynes a follow. Check out all the stuff. Uh, like you said, Howlers and Growlers, really fun podcast where we get to drink beer uh, and talk about mm-hmm. hockey. Uh, one of the few times they encourage me to drink beer while talking about <laughs> hockey. Normally, that just leads to bad things. Um, but <laughs> follow me. Uh, I am at Carl Pavlock FFH. You can also follow me uh, at the word five, number four, word howling for five for howling. 
LO underscore Coyotes to follow this podcast. We're also on Instagram, uh, Facebook, um, all of the places where you can find podcasts. We are there. Hope everyone enjoyed the, today's show and special guest Haynes Evans. Hope everyone's uh, staying safe out there and the trying times that we're now living in. And don't forget to howl on. <laughs>